Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, editor of uh, uh, More to Come. Uh, wait, hold on. <laughs> I've only done this thing a million times. I'm sorry. Hold on. No, it's fine. Uh, I, I, I screwed it up. Hold on. I'm I gonna... had to film um, a spot for the National Book Festival, and yeah, I was doing that. Because I knew they were editing it anyway. I'm like, look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I say this thing, like, I've said this thing like 10,000 times. I yeah. should not need to look at my little cheat sheet, but I sometimes I do. All right, let's start it again. Three, two, one. Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, Editor of PW Comics World, and Editor of the Fanatic PW's twice-a-month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. All right, welcome uh, back, uh, listeners, for another episode of More to Come. This week I have the great pleasure of talking with Mike Rato. Uh, now, he's got a new graphic novel coming out, but uh, yeah, I, Mike is a formidable and long-term uh, uh, author and illustrator uh, of many titles for kids. We're going to talk about that as well as about Flamer, his new graphic novel. Uh, uh, Mike, welcome to More to Come. Hi, Calvin. Thanks so much for having me. Um, great. Uh, now, uh, hold on. I think <laughs> I think my wife just walked in. All right, but that's okay. We're going to go right ahead. All right. Uh, so uh, um, uh, your your new graphic novel, Flamer. You know, I have to stop. I have to stop. You know what? I uh, I need to check something. I'm not. Just give me a second. Yeah. This. Uh, my wife coming in the door kind of threw me a little bit. So I'm, I am a little worried that my dog's going to like run in here at any given moment and be like, actually, actually, you know, that's not, that's not fine. Actually, usually I don't really care about, um, uh, I don't really care about, you know, stuff like that. And, but I, I just got unsettled. So, so I had to stop. Okay. For the third time, (laughs) we're going to go back to this thing and get it right. Okay. Uh, I apologize. No. Uh, and then, uh, let me make sure. Now, your book is from um, Henry Holt, or what's the publisher? Right. It's, it's Henry- so it's Godwin Books, which is part of Henry Holt, which is part of Macmillan. Okay. So <laughs> Henry Holt, and what was the imprint there? Godwin Books. Godwin Books. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's try it again. Maybe we'll get maybe third time's the charm. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, Editor of PW Comics World, and Editor of The Fanatic, PW's twice-a-month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. All right. uh, Welcome to uh, another episode of uh, uh, More to Come. And this week, we have the pleasure to welcome Mike Carato. Author of Flamer, a new middle grade graphic novel from Henry Holt, Godwin Books. Um, Mike, thanks so much for being on More to Come. Thanks so much, Calvin. Yeah, thanks. And we're actually, we're filling it as YA. Is it uh, YA? Oh, excuse me. My, uh, my bad. Okay. okay the main so- character is, it's, it's one of those kind of crossover ages, right? So the main character is 14, but um, 
because of the content. Sure. Filling it as YA. Okay, that's good. Well, thank you for pointing that out. Well, uh, well, as you point out, you have a new graphic novel, a YA graphic novel, and it's very interesting as you describe it. So, because the lead character is kind of between worlds in many cases. Right. I mean, he's leaving, you know, the, the younger middle grade schools. He's heading the, for high school. He's, he's glad to be gone. But he's also worried about, you know, what's the old thing? What fresh hell am I maybe entering? Exactly. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful, uh, uh, engaging story. Uh, your lead character, uh, he's an LGBTQ kid. Uh, um, but what's so great about this book? In some ways, this is a classic kind of coming of age story. As you move into another age group, you move into new difficulties. But obviously, he's also leaving, you know, uh, a troubled situation. He's leaving bullying. But, you know, he's a resilient kid. He's got an interesting network of friends and frenemies around him. I, I'd love to hear you talk more about <laughs> right. that. Uh, and, and the book also has some wonderful, I think, it really looks seriously at, at two major institutions, I think. Well, in everyone's life, but, you know, for a, for a Catholic kid and for a gay kid, these two institutions, you know, scouting and the church, obviously figure big. So uh, that's my take on your book. I, I, I always do that. But now, now, actually, I think our listeners would love to hear you talk about uh, this book and, and what it's about. Sure. Uh, well, um Short synopsis would be that Flamer is about this kid named Aiden. He's 14 years old. He's a Filipino white mixed kid. Um, and he is at a scout camp the summer before his first year of high school. And the year is 1995 for a little extra Flamer. Um, and so Aiden is navigating friendships and bullying, how those can sometimes overlap. Uh, he's dealing with body image and, um, religion, um, and racism and all, all while confronting his emerging sexual identity, mm-hmm. which of course, you know, um, there, there are always layers, right? As sure. we're developing as people, there are, there are parts of ourselves that conflict with each other. Mm-hmm. So there's not just out, you know, outside conflict for, for Aiden, um, but there's a lot of internal turmoil too. Sure. And there's some dysfunctional family stuff, uh, that, that right. kind of hovers on the outside, you know, it's affecting him. Um, but, but, you know, but, but yes, he's got, he's got some obstacles. Uh, there are challenges to him. Uh, you know, uh, obviously, uh, homophobia is a challenge to everybody, but you know, the, he's resilient. Um, there's some good times in the book. It's funny. Uh, um, so we're going to talk about all of that. Uh, and, and, of course, I love the way the relationships you play, you, you portray with his friends because he's got great friends and he's got some questionable ones too. But even the questionable ones actually contribute um, to his life and he to theirs in some like kind of interesting ways in your book. So, But before – we're going to talk some more about that. But I really – now because um, uh, obviously this is your first graphic novel, I think uh, it is. Yeah. But yep. you're a longtime illustrator, author, children's book. So uh, maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about your background um, sure. and uh, your publishing career. Yeah. Um, well, I signed my first book contract in 2012 uh, for the Little Elliot series. Mm-hmm. So I've been a picture book author and illustrator since then. 
Um, but it, it was, it's always been a goal of mine to get in, not just into picture books, but also into comics. Mm-hmm. Um, so to, just to rewind for a second before sure. publishing, I, I'm very much a child of comic books. Comic books saved me in many different ways as a reader. Um, I wasn't ready to make that transition from picture books and, and chapter books that were illustrated to novels. Like they were so overwhelming and it was boring to me without imagery, but I would, I would just spend all my money on comic <laughs> books. And this is how you know I was committed because I would not spend all my lunch money. I, I like to eat. I am an eater <laughs> and I was an emotional eater when I was a teenager and I, um, I would kind of not get too much food at lunch so that I could amass my savings. And then, um, I used to go to private art lessons, right? Uh-huh. And, like once or twice a week. So when my mom or dad would drop me off, now my dad had kind of cut me off from, from comic books. He's like, you're spending too much money on comics. And, what? um, so he didn't know I was, I had like my piggy bank, or whatever, full of all this. You, you were lunch it. Points that I was like, ooh. And then I basically, I was so, this is the only like sneaky thing I did as a kid, but I would go into the art studio and there was like a big staircase you had to climb. So I'd go in the staircase, I'd stop and I'd like count, right? Like a minute yeah, or yeah. so. And then I'd sneak back down, make sure the coast was clear, and I would run around the corner. The comic book store was like... Elaborate plants, gone. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. And so I I would literally run, go in, grab my new issues, and if I had any leftover money, I'd go to the, you know, the back stock and be like, okay, what... What can I get for my collection? Huge X-Men fan. Um, I can I can tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> X-Men t-shirt on folk and a nice yeah. one too, I might add. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Very nice. So, yeah, we've got some, some Jim Lee going on on my, on my shirt. So, uh, yeah, so that's how I maintained my comic habit and thank goodness. So, so where so are you from originally? Where are you from? I grew up outside New York City in uh-huh. the suburbs. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm from Rockland County. Mm-hmm. So across the river from Westchester and, um, yeah, so when so I got, you know you wanted to be an artist? Always. I always. always. That was always mm-hmm. the plan. Yeah, that was, that was, there were no other plans. <laughs> no, there were no other plans. Uh. And, and for many years, I was like, I'm going to be a comic book artist. I am going to illustrate for Marvel. I'm going to do this, this, and this. Uh, and then I got to college, and then I rediscovered my love of children's books. Mm-hmm. Like, all of the art that I was seeing in... Once I figured out I wanted to do illustration specifically, all the art I was seeing in like the um, Society of Illustrator annuals, um, all, all those, sure. all those like shows, I was like really grabbing toward, gravitate towards the children's book work. And then I ended up going researching like, what are these books? I want to see more of this. And then I like rediscovered my passion for it. I was like, oh my god, yeah, I love this stuff. Um, um, so then the focus became that, but then, you know, I just, I just want it all. So I was like, I want to do that. I want to make comics. I want to be a graphic designer. So I've made all that happen. You've kind so, of done it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after I graduated with an illustration degree, I did graphic design for many years, hmm. um, for like 10 years until I broke into the industry. And, um, yeah, so 
So Little Elliot, back to the now-ish. Um, there are five Little Elliot books now. And it's like and a little elephant, right? It's a little, yeah, Little yep. Polka Dot Elephant lives mm-hmm. in New York City. Um, okay. <laughs> cupcakes, friends with a mouse. Um, not too far outside the New York experience, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can hey, find everything in New York. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I've also illustrated for other authors. So there's um, Worm Loves Worm by J.J. Austrian, mm-hmm. which is another LGBTQ book. Um, there's All the Way to Havana by Margarita Engel. Mm-hmm. Um, what If by Samantha Berger. And I actually have another book coming out in August uh, called The Power of One by Judy Ludwig. All right. Um, busy, yeah. busy, busy. That's good. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Well, well, good. Well, let's jump back to Flamer and maybe you can give us, um, some background on the book. I mean, the, I, I assume, of course, there's obviously autobiographical elements in it, but obviously it's a work of fiction too. But what, as I said before, what I love is that you bring so many contemporary issues into the book. Uh, and it's still, but it's also still a fun read. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's kind of inspirational there at the end. Um, uh, and you got great characters, you know, so, but yeah, give us a little background, uh, on the book. Yeah. Well, a lot of it is based on a lot of experiences that I've had. Um, and it, it is fiction. Um, I would say, you know, like the most, the most important thing to me about the book is that spoiler alert there there is suicide ideation right um so a big thing that most people don't realize is that lgbtqqi youth are way more um likely uh the the risks are higher um sure. for suicide for self-harm for homelessness sure um and yeah, so part of wanting to write the story is, you know, so that those kids can see themselves in a mm-hmm. book. I didn't have that, right? I didn't. Mm-hmm. I had X Men. I had. Yeah. I was a mutant, right? Yeah. I, was, mm-hmm. sure. I had special powers. I wasn't accepted by society. Trying to do the right thing anyway. But sure. I've never literally seen, you know, growing up like a gay person I could look up to in a book. Mm-hmm. Or on a screen, a Filipino person. Well, yeah, and, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, just I, I, and I was I was bullied for who I was. Like I was mm. attacked for just being myself and not even, not even realizing that I was doing something weird. Like I didn't even realize that I was necessarily gay for a long time. Mm. And um, so after getting all those messages, those negative messages. You know, and being, you know, told by the church, like, this is wrong, this is sinful. Um, and not seeing anyone like myself that I could look up to, I started to think, maybe I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. And I think that's a really, I think it's a more common experience, uh, more common than people realize, um, for, um, for minority kids. Sure. Um, who don't see themselves, so it doesn't necessarily you know, I'm not necessarily just talking about like queer kids or sure, absolutely. It could be anybody that just does not fit the norm um, of where they live. Yeah, so, and, of, and of course, obviously, the uh, I mean, the, 
the the social situations that we live in. I'm I'm a lot older, and there was you know I grew up in a time where there was no room for. I mean, I grew up in an all black neighborhood, but there mm-hmm. you know there was no space for gay kids. There was no room. It was you know uh, it wasn't good. Um, uh, uh, that certainly is changing, and one of the reasons it's changing is because there are books like yours now that people can see themselves in it. Um, but, but you know what? I would love to hear you also talk a little more about scouting because that's yeah. obviously a big part of this book. Uh, yeah. as is the church, we'll talk about that too. But, um, uh, you mean, I was a cub scout, but I didn't really get into the boy scouts, uh, for a lot of goofy reasons, but this is a big part of the book. Obviously it takes place in a camp. Uh, and in some ways it shows, uh, the great things about scouting and a lot of the awful things too. So, uh, uh, and I've seen you with all your merit badges. So, yeah. <laughs> so there's a story I there. Some merit badges. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I, I think scouting and, you know, I know we're going to talk about the church later, but it, with institutions like that, it's, there's so much that depends on the company that you keep within those institutions. Mm-hmm. So I started out in one troop that was, terrible it was mm-hmm. it was a living nightmare and i was like i'm quitting yeah like, I, i'm out of here yeah like, why why yeah why am i going to show up to this thing and be berated or ridiculed yeah, or whatever, yeah. for what and then um then i knew someone who invited me to check out his troop and it was like night and day like yeah and i think a lot of that had to do with the leadership yeah uh, leadership was younger more active more mm-hmm. open to actually listening to what the scouts wanted to do and mm-hmm. um scouts were very involved in programming uh-huh. um so it was the the youth working with the adults to figure out what they wanted to do um and it did it did so much for me right i mm-hmm. i was able to make friends outside of the school that i was in where i didn't feel very accepted um I was able to do all this travel, like, mm-hmm. I'd never traveled like that before, it was so cool, um, I was camping, like, once a month, um, getting out into nature, um, and it did a lot for my self-confidence, mm-hmm. like, I, I had zero self-confidence when I came into that troop, and, um, I'm not saying it was, like, you know, uh, always a smooth ride, but, um, I, I I feel like I started to come out of my shell a mm. lot because of that. Well, um, well, in a lot of ways, the, that's the experience that we kind of see with Aiden. Um, right. and because I mean, one of the great things about the character is that I mean, uh, uh, I mean, he, he, he's dealing with some really some nasty situations, some um, bullying. But uh, you know, uh, he, he 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 he. Well, I said before, he, there's a resiliency to him, and it's low key. I mean, believe me, you know. Um, spoiler alert: he's not too happy about the way some of the things that happened. But uh, I guess being in a camp like that, you know, left to your own devices, you do have to work through issues, and very often he does. Uh, um, uh, one of the things I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about are the network of friends that he has, both mm-hmm. both his pen pal. Uh, his his good friend Violet, but yes. also the boyfriends because so much of this book is interesting. I mean, how boys relate. I mean, it, particularly at that age, uh, particularly with the kind of pressures in the culture to be something uh, <laughs> or you know or some version of a man or a, or a young man. 
uh, and if you don't, if you don't fit those things for whatever reason, uh, and certainly if you're gay, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to be well for you. So maybe, right. can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's, these are some of the things in the book that are really, uh, you know, they're, they're really engaging. Yeah, sure. Well, I think, you know, to your point, um, uh, there, when you're a teenage boy, there's all these, there are all these tests of manhood, right? To show like, I'm growing, I'm a man, like I, um, I'm strong, I can do this, um, because we're brought up in a way that says that we have to be fearless, yeah. right? Like as boys, we have to be fearless, we cannot show weakness. Um, but we, but boys are not taught how to love fearlessly. Um, right. Because love is seen as something feminine and femininity is something weak. And, um, all these, all these mistruths are untruths or lies. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, what's that word? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah, I, I experienced a lot of that. Um, and what I wanted to show with the characters is kind of this range of people that I encountered um, as a kid. So you've got, you know, some of, the, some of the guys are, like, really close, like, obviously, Elias. Like Elias, sure. And David Who's are, me? like, really close friends um, who are really supportive through everything, even when it starts getting uncomfortable for them where they're like, wait a minute. And they, yeah. they need a minute to back up and be like, what's going on here? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. Just give me a second. And then there are on the opposite end of the spectrum, there are the bullies, right? The people mm-hmm. who are just outright, like I'm making fun of you. Um, I'm going to put you mm-hmm. down because I can and makes me feel powerful. Sure. And I can show that I'm fearless by making you fear me. Yeah. Like what's so one is that Mark or Mac? I forget. I, uh, the, I well, that was, well that well he's a complicated character Mark, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm getting to Mark. So yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> think that character has. So there's there's a character in real time in the book who we don't even know his name, but okay. he's like a from another troop. And in yes, the, yeah, right. Flashes, yeah. He makes fun of Aiden. Yes, and then yeah. Aiden has flashbacks about his bully. Yes, um, back in school, right? Mm-hmm. Um that he's leaving behind, but he's wondering who's going to replace them in the new school. Yes, yes, there and is then, And then Mark, Mark is a really interesting character because he poses as a friend. Yeah. When really he's a bully, like he's part of the problem, right? He's that friend that's like, like, well, of course he's calling you a fag if you're acting like a fag, so mm. don't. Yeah. Like, just change who you are. I yeah, like, he has a strange uh, and uh, aggressively negative, but weirdly uh, outreach to uh, to Aiden. It's it's right. And but, I, I actually had many people like that in my yeah. life growing up who yeah. were like, "Hey, man, I think you're all right, but you know, if you if you act a certain way, like people are gonna, yeah, you know." But but also. Just don't be yourself and you'll be okay. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, and, and those people ultimately couldn't accept who I was yeah. either. And yeah, we, we couldn't be friends. Um, so it's a very, it's a very confusing message. Um, and, and I think as kids, there's a lot of, um, you know, reflecting what you've been taught at home. Hmm. 
um, in a lot of cases when it comes to the whole manhood show. Yeah, sure, um, of course. So, yep, yep. Um, uh, I mean, and uh, I mean, Aiden wants to be a good person, and right. I know some of the narrative where he's his interior. Uh, dialogue, you know, he's saying to himself, you know, everybody sort of, you know, these guys are sort of called him gay. He says he's not gay because he's heard so many things in the culture about what it is to be gay. Right. And so there's this also this level of confusion about who he is and what he is um, that he's that he's working through. Right. Um, because when I was a kid, I didn't even I didn't even understand what mm-hmm. gay meant. Mm-hmm. I I knew it was a quote unquote bad thing before I even knew what it even meant. Because, you know, you, you've got, um, people calling things gay and I could tell like, oh, that's like being used in a derogatory sense. Um, and then the church talking about homosexuality is a sin. It's a sin. It's a sin. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what it is, but that's really bad. And then, you know, I, I was also growing up in the time of the AIDS yeah. uh, mm-hmm. epidemic. Uh, so to me, I just, I just saw like skinny, dying, gay white yeah. men on TV, and that's that's gay. I'm like, oh, they're bad. They're being yeah, punished. Yeah. This is, you know, like these are the lies that I was fed, and so my whole logic, which I also instilled in Aiden, was, well, I can't be gay because. Gay boys like other boys. I hate other yeah, boys. Well, that's they're, another. They're mean. They're <laughs> awful. Like, um, they're always like destroying something or saying something awful. Um, that's a great and, section in the book because where the, the logic yeah. that he uses. I couldn't like boys right. because I hate boys. Yeah. <laughs> they're a pain. <laughs> and also, it's just like, and I'm you know, gay people are bad, and I know I'm not a bad person. Like, I try to do what's right. So there was all this confusion around it um so it it that's it was a lot to undo it's a lot of work sure. to undo and i guess part for me part of working on this book right is it's my opportunity to undo my little piece of the system that sure. suppressed me for so long right is just trying to uh undo my own personal shame around who i am as a person mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully being able to pass that along to someone else to be like, this isn't something you need to be ashamed about. Sure. Um, you should be proud of who you are. So. Uh, and, and I mean, I guess this is obvious, but maybe could you talk a little bit about the role that the church plays in his life and in the book? Sure. Yeah. Aiden um, is a devout Catholic and um, he's also an altar server. Uh, so he's, he's obviously trying to get in some brownie points there, um, <laughs> with the big guy. Sure. And, um, yeah. That's true, because he's worried about the afterlife, too. He is. Yeah, he's like, worried about lot, what's coming up, you know, maybe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and especially, you know, towards the end when there is the suicide ideation that he grapples with, it's because he is very much aware of his mortality. And, that may be because he's literally scared to death yeah. of being who he is. Like he knows there are physical threats against him yeah. for existing. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's a kid who thinks about death. And um, so he's like, how, how am I going to ensure that when I'm dead, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go to the nice place. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, you know, um, I'm going to jump back to scouting because even though scouting has, you know, the, the, I, well, we, we mentioned it before, it, 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 it offers great advantages and it has its drawbacks. But scouting is a big part of this book. Uh, you learn a little bit about, you know, a lot of scouting type things, um, you know, making <laughs> fires and campfires. Uh, Aiden has some responsibility. He's kind of an assistant to one of the counselors, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the book. Uh, uh, but I'm curious to know. Uh, I'm, I'm curious how, the, the role that scouting actually plays to, to strengthen him, because uh, and of course uh, his friendship with Elias uh, is is really great, really complex and lively. Uh, and so maybe you can talk a little bit about that. How scouting helps him. And, you know, his friend Violet, who's also really important and, and plays a big role in the book as well. Yeah. So about scouting. Um, so it, it, the book takes over, takes course over a week of camp and um, each day of the week is a chapter. So uh, this is partially for my own benefit mm-hmm. um, so that I could set up a, a structure for my first novel. Sure. Feel overwhelming for me, but whatever. <laughs> but the nice thing about summer camp is that you're literally on a schedule. Um, so, you know, Aiden's going to different merit badge classes, and I was very intentional, obviously, with the merit badges that he was taking. So, uh, maybe the most obvious one is uh, orientation. Yes, yes, uh, he's, yes. He's literally trying to orient himself in the world, <laughs> right? He's, and the counselor, um, I'll just say that the counselor that he gets for that, uh, is, is indir- directly and indirectly influential on him on like being supportive, being a role model. Yeah. Um, and he has an impact. Really trying to sh- like explain him, explain to him how to get from point A to, to point B. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause I think for me, the counselor can sense that Aiden is troubled. And so there's a lot of speaking and metaphor between sure, the sure. two of them. I the counselor recognizes some of the issues that he's facing. Yes. Yeah. The, there's, there's a lot of coded language, mm-hmm. which is something I've experienced also. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's that there's, um, archery, right? So yes. he's, he's aiming for something. Can't it, quite. <laughs> can't <come laughs> um, and um <laughs> basket weaving basket weaving may not be so obvious but it um so he takes that class with his friend David who's like abysmal at basket making he's just like i just thought this would be easy like david's like a slacker um he's just trying to chill and aiden is so ocd about this basket so you, side by side you see them working and um that's that's actually a trait of a lot of um gay people I've found over the years mm-hmm. where when they're in the closet it's like I'm going to be the most perfect person <laughs> I right interesting be, so like so this basket it's like <laughs> so I see this book as layered with meanings that I may not have originally seen but go on <laughs> yeah yeah so you see him being so particular about the basket but it um that was kind of for me representing his control. Like this Uh is something I can control. Um, This is something I'm good at. uh, So I'm going to be obsessive about it and make sure it's perfect. Um, But I'm sorry, I'm deviating from your question, which is like what scouting was doing for him. Um, 
but there there are other scenes, other parts of camp, like um, that he felt a part of something. Like uh, campfire was especially mm-hmm. important to him because he felt like when they were all singing together that he was a part of something, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and then that thing that he loves so much gets challenged when he tries to be an individual during that. Um, and then there are like team building exercises that they, that they do where again, he feels like a contributor, some things he's good at, some things he's not, but he's still a part of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and he, and he also, as you were saying, like does feel responsible for different different things people come to him with certain problems and he's like why are they coming to me with this because they know he is responsible and that he is going to try to help if he can um then laura i mean whoops violet Violet. who i say now violet is actually based on one of my best friends Uh laura who the book is dedicated so you yes you it's a little freudian slip there yeah yeah um (laughs) I knew that would happen, but that's okay. <laughs> I don't mind anyone knowing that um, okay. <laughs> because her friendship really saved my life in so many ways. Sure. So she was really my lifeline growing up. We were pen pals. Um, we wrote each other all the time. So Violet's character is very much a parallel to her. Um, she and Aiden tell each other everything. And she's this, you know, positive voice in his life. Who accepts him for who he is, even though he hasn't come out to her yet. Hmm. Um, he feels safe with her. Sure. And, and he says at some point in the book, he's like, it's easier for me to be friends with girls. Like, um, and, and the other guys don't understand. They're like, why are you writing to a girl if she's not your girlfriend? Like, what? what? Well, that's another, I think, important part of this book too. This, the ability of, first of all, we have the trouble relationship between boys who are trying to be Whatever, you know, uh, whatever these standards are thrown around. But almost no ability to talk to girls at all, except right. in one way. And, uh, I really, the, the other relationship that's so important is Elias, where once again, Aiden sort of provides some guidance to him in ways that even he doesn't, I mean, Elias doesn't quite understand because he's not used to talking with a boy about a girl in right. any way that's elevating. <laughs> right, right. So, so these are the things that grab me about the book. So I mean, I'm, I'm talking too much, but going. <laughs> oh no, no. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure if I need to say more about Violet, but just that. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, yeah, she's a great source of support for him. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, and and Aiden is good at, at giving girl advice to yes. friends. Yes. To Elias and to David, yeah. um, just talking honestly. I mean, in some ways, your, what your book reveals is how it's un, it's just completely impossible for boys who are not taught to talk to each other in any kind of an honest way. You're you're you know you're talk to people in tropes. You know what you're mm-hmm. supposed to be or whatever. You know what somebody thinks you're supposed to right. be. Right. There's a lot of funning that goes on. Yes, it is. Right? Yes, it is. Um, so let, I do want to get talked to you a little bit about about the art. You have a great style. You know, it's it's cartoony, but it's also great, really nuanced. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about how maybe how it does it differ dramatically from your other books? I mean, obviously, sure, yeah. slightly older audience. Yeah, this is quite a departure for me. Um, most of my other work is very tight. Um, 
And this, I wanted something a little more raw to capture mm. the the intensity and the feeling, the roughness of the book. Mm. Um, and yeah, I wanted it to be a little bit cartoony because I think there is some levity to it as well. Sure. Um, so it's colored pencil. Uh, this thick black colored pencil is what I'm drawing with. And India ink washes. Mm. Um, and then it, so it's mostly black and white. And then we've got some spot color with um, like really fiery oranges and reds. Uh, so, you know, big surprise, there's a visual thread of fire mm. throughout the book, Flamer. Um, but I thought it was um, a really helpful device for me in, in storytelling where I could use it to highlight things that I wanted the reader to really notice. Um, I could use it to amp up the emotion. Um because there, there is a lot of emotion in this book. Um, yeah. There's a lot of fear, anger, hatred, love. Mm. Um, so that that really comes through in the color. Um, but yeah, it was it was really fun to draw this book. It took me a while to figure out the style. It's though. a big book. I mean, you for your first one. I mean, yeah. how many pages is this? Is like what's it? Three hundred? What? How many pages is this? Three hundred sixty-five. Yeah. So you. Yeah. I mean, you. Oh. Yeah. You. You. Yeah, you weren't half-stepping when you decided you were going to do a book. You were going to do a, a book book. We went all in. Yeah, I actually – so I had never done anything like this before, obviously. And so um, part of the process was – and, and I didn't work the way I usually do in my picture books, which is usually I'll write, then I'll draw, write, draw, back and forth. Hmm. Um, this, I just – I sat down and wrote a script – um, uh-huh. And I did some doodles, but it was mostly just the writing. And we, and then I did like a sample scene of art and we sold the book. But um, so when I started to actually thumbnail it all out, thumbnailed it out, got it all paneled out in the computer. And then when my assistant and I laid out the type, there was not enough room for type. It's like designers. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, because I, I really couldn't wrap my head around. I'm like, I can't. I can do it, no problem in a picture book, but this is different. Like speech bubbles is like a new animal to me. Ah. And um, see, this is something very interesting to me because I'm curious about the editorial process. Yeah. In comics, super look, writing is labor intensive, but nothing is labor intensive like drawing a comic. So how do you go back when you've planned? You know, do you? I mean, when you've got to like rewrite or right. redraw? Well, I. What's the process? Uh, I mean, I couldn't really edit it down. I What mm. I had to do was add 30 pages. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I, I had to make this space, literally make the space for it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Visually. Um, I'm glad. Like, I'm actually glad. I think I think it really worked out mm. well, um, adding those pages. So no regrets on that count. But the editing was uh, very light, I'll say. Um, so my editor is... Laura Godwin, she's the mm-hmm. same editor that I've worked with on all the little Elliot books, and she's fantastic. Um, and something, um, something I really appreciate is that she really lets me do what I feel compelled to do, and she only asks for changes when they're like kind of red flag items. Sure. When she's like, okay, 
we need to take a look at this. Like there's like something's not flowing right here or like just very minor changes. So this is, it's very much, uh, fresh from the oven, I guess. It's not <laughs> very diluted. Um, she lets you be you. <laughs> Uh, which that, that tracks with the book, but not a small um, thing. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very, very grateful for, for Laura for having that kind of trust in me. Um, so yeah. And, and, uh, the, the font is actually based on my handwriting. So they hired a typographer to oh, very make, cool. yeah. So it's cool. I have a font named Corrado in my own. <laughs> like, I that. guess that's what every designer Art yeah. should as, you know, aspire to. They have your own. Yeah, font. I have arrived. There I've you go. Very font. cool. Um, uh, yeah. Um, let's see. So, um, well, look, uh, uh, look, it's a wonderful book. Um, I, we're running out of time a little bit. Um, I, I know you had a, a few afterwards at the at the end of the book. I mean, yes. I, I you kind of have mentioned some of these things going along, but obviously, uh, there's a you know, it's, this is a great, entertaining book that was social issues, but it obviously means something to you beyond in a way that this book uh, could be a lifeline to somebody out there, to a kid out there that, you know, maybe reminds you of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are resources in the back of the book, um, just in case someone needs some extra support. But, um, yeah, something that I talk about in the afterword is that one of the scenes, the, the actual suicide ideation scene, is very much parallel with what I went through. Um, like Aiden kneels down in a chapel and mm. pulls out a knife and that's, that was me. Yeah. So, and that's important for me to share with the readers because I want them to know that like, I get it. I get where people can be driven to. Um, and that there's, there's a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very grateful that I'm, you know, still here to, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, and, and hopefully encourage others to, to hang out and see what else can happen. Yeah, absolutely. And who knows, maybe discover their own creativity, you know, yes. in the process and what to do with their life. Well, look, Mike, look, this is really great, uh, talking to you. Um, uh, the book flamer, it's coming out from Henry Holt in September. Uh, are you going to be doing stuff around it? I know in the time of yeah. COVID, everything has been turned upside down as far as yeah. well, we tours a, and the like. Yeah. Well, we had a lovely national book tour planned and, but we've pivoted and mm-hmm. everything's going to be online. Um, and I'm actually really looking forward to it. Um, so instead of, you know, a week or two of me running around on a plane and inevitably getting a cold. Um, <laughs> we're spreading out all the digital events throughout the fall, but right. we're definitely going to be having um, a book launch mm-hmm. uh, on September 1st. And great. Jared Kososka, who wrote and illustrated Hey Kiddo, is going oh, to be- Oh, sure. Great. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interviewing me. Yes. Great. Um, and we are going to be doing that through, um, oh my gosh, now I'm blanking on the name of the the bookstore, um, Booksmith Booksellers in um, Boston. Okay. Um, but if you go to my website, which okay. is micrado.com, um, I'll be listing all the digital events uh, so you can register for everything mm-hmm. through there. All right. Well, Mike, it's great to talk to you. Congratulations on the book. Um, I've only seen it through a PDF, so when it comes out, I'm going to get a copy of it and see the real deal. Uh, and it's been a great to talk to you. So, um 
congrats, and um, you know what? I'll interview you when your next book comes out. All right. Thanks, Calvin. All right. (laughs) Take care. All right. Take care. Bye.